Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Hey, it's Josh. Just wanted to let everyone know that there are two parts to this episode. The first part is with just Peter and I, um, and we are recapping the Chelsea match against Manchester City, and we also preview uh, the match tomorrow against Brighton. The second part of this episode is actually with Alex. He was able to join us, and it's all three of us talking about the Super League and the Jose Mourinho um, sacking by Tottenham. So we talk about all the Super League stuff, although right at the end of the first part, because we recorded on Sunday before all the Super League news came out, um, I do say see you next time. Please do not go, because there is a second part that we really, really think you'll enjoy. Um, It's all of our opinions about the Super League news, and the whole football world knows about it, so we would like you to hear our opinions on it, and we really appreciate it. So just keep on listening. It's about the 20-minute mark. When I say see you next time, do not go. Um, We have a second part for you there. But anyway, we hope you enjoy this episode of Talking Blues. Welcome to episode number 53 of the Talking Blues podcast. I am Josh, and I am joined by my co-host Peter. Hopefully Alex will join us next episode, but he's not able to join us today. So they did it. Chelsea Football Club, they were able to defeat Man City and move on to the FA Cup Finals. We are very excited for that matchup. Um, And I think I'll just start off by saying Hakeem Ziyech had a really great game, um, had a few good chances, in this game and obviously Timo Werner was able to feed him the assist on that goal which was very nice we are recording which I wish you know whatever it is what it is we're, we're recording while the Southampton match is you know happening so it's not as big of a deal as you know I, I would say a you know um, UEFA Champions League match would be to know the opponent but Leicester City Leicester City's up 1-0 right now in the 70th minute so I'll just assume we're going to be playing Leicester City's in the finals, uh, in the FA Cup final, excuse me, and I, I kind of assumed that before the match against Southampton, but that's just what I'm going to assume for right now is that we are going to be playing the Leicester City um, you know, team in the FA Cup final. But you know what? It is what it is, and I predicted a 2-0 win for Man City. I don't even need to play the clip. I know Alex and Peter uh, went a little bit different with the score predictions. Obviously, having Man City winning, I believe, in in both of their score predictions. 
Um, I, you know, maybe Peter had Chelsea winning um, in, in penalty kicks, but I know, Peter, you had it nil-nil going to penalty kicks. Uh, I don't know. You can let me know if you had Chelsea or Man City winning. But I think just an overall pretty good performance from Chelsea. Obviously, Man City, they did control the possession, but did control the shots on goal as well. I'll give my man of the match, even though I think it probably isn't Golo Conte. I'm going to give it to Akinzi Esch for that nice goal. I like to see him out there. I like to see him playing with the club. And I like to see him, you know, producing and doing well. And that's something that we've been looking for from the signing for a while now. So I'm glad that we were able to see him produce. And obviously, we'll get to in a little bit um, the Brighton game, which we have very soon on Tuesday. And we'll we'll preview that. But we might have to rest some players. But maybe, maybe I will have Hakeem Ziyech in my line of prediction. I'm still debating it, you know, as we talk or as I talk right now. But uh, Peter, I mean, I'll go to you now and your thoughts on the match. Uh, well, first, I do have to say that I did have a Chelsea win. I thought we would win in penalties. But I do want to say I did predict that it would be a game that was very defensive and that it could definitely be 1-0 to either side. I believe I said that earlier before the score predictions, that it could be 1-0 to either side by either a moment of brilliance or a mistake. And what happened? A mistake by the Man City goalkeeper was caught in no man's thing. What can I say? I'm just a genius. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it was a good game for us. I think. I don't want to give a man of the match up for this game, to be honest, because I think giving it to one player is just kind of mean and unnecessary because literally every single player performed super, super well. I can't think of like anybody that really didn't play as well as they needed to in this game. No one no one performed badly. I mean, Ziyech, Ziyech scored, obviously. Werner got an assist. Pulisic, even the subs who came on, created chances, played well defensively. Obviously, Pulisic got a goal. Uh, well, that was rolled out for offsides, but it was a great goal. I mean, everybody just played very, very well. Conte and Jorginho both played extremely well. I mean, if I had to give a man of the matchup to anybody, even though I said I wouldn't do it, I'll do it anyway. I think I'll give it to Jorginho because, I mean, he passed very well. He won the ball back very well. He ended up with more tackles than Conte, I believe, even though Conte obviously is, you expect him to get 10 tackles every game. But Jorginho had more both of both of them worked extremely well together in taking out the Man City's dangerous, dangerous midfield. Uh Rich James and Ben Chilwell are getting better and better every single game. I mean, they almost linked up for a goal, I think at the beginning of the game, I don't remember when, but if Chilwell didn't miss hit that volley, it would have we easily could have scored a goal there. I mean and then the defense played extremely well the entire game. I mean, besides the last 10 minutes where we basically just said, okay, we're going to sit back, absorb all this pressure, let them get their chances because we know we they won't take good ones as long as we sit back. Besides that, I don't think Man City created really any chances at all. Uh, I think, especially as uh, as Balaqueta, as he did extremely, extremely well. He got burned towards the start of the game by uh, Gabriele Zeus. But besides that, after that, he... Just, I don't think that anybody got by him. I think he won, like, blocked every shot across, won every single 50-50. I mean, everybody played well. Thiago Silva played through back pain from basically five minutes into the game, and he played extremely well. Antonio Rudiger played extremely well. Kurt Zuma came on, had a good uh, few clearances. And I do want to say Kepa, special shout-out to Kepa, who didn't make any mistakes. Woo, yeah, he didn't lose us the game. He made a save that was not that difficult, but he made the save, which is the important part. He made a couple saves. 
Uh, and he got a clean sheet against a really good Man City team. And I he looked happy after the game, which is good. I think he's slowly, slowly getting back into it. I think he's getting his confidence back. And as much as I don't want it to happen in the final, I think we will see Kepa in goal because I think Pep said it well when he was talking about his uh, choices for either Ederson or Zach Steffen. And he said, I'd rather lose the game than lose the team. And I think that's something that went into his decision-making, where he starts players that weren't necessarily his best team. He didn't start uh, Mares, he didn't start Gondogan, he didn't start Foden. He started players that weren't necessarily their best 11, but they deserved playing time on the field. Um, but I, I've completely lost track of where I was going before I went on this tangent, but all around a great performance, a great, I mean, just a great win. We basically defensively shut down arguably the best team in the world right now. And we had a good few chances against a team that's arguably one of the best in the world defensively right now. And I mean, I do want to say, uh, Josh, Timo Werner did get that assist and he did look dangerous all night. And uh, I mean, who was the person that uh, didn't want him to start because he hasn't been playing well? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you come back, combat this. But I mean, I think it was you possibly. It was, it was me, Peter. And you know what? You want to flip the subject to Timo Werner? You can do that. I still don't want him to start this Brighton game on Tuesday. You're not going to, you know what? Until Timo Werner scores and assists and, you know, plays well when he starts at a consistent pace, I'll start, you know, I'll start, uh, you know, not calling him out for it. But I'm able to defend my side for as long as he plays like, you know, this off and on type of thing. Um, yeah, so I, you're completely right. And I will defend myself. I did, in fact, say that. Congratulations, Timo Werner. Something I was going to ask you, Peter, and I don't know if you touched on this, the Fernandinho Mason Mount collision uh, Mike Dean not calling uh, the referee in this match, not calling a red card on Fernandinho. Just your your thoughts on that. I mean, after just, I mean, I don't even know what to say on it. I just, I I think it should have been a red. I mean, that's right. That's bias from from a Chelsea fan. Um, I mean, just your thoughts on the on the whole play. Mm, uh, it's fifty fifty. I don't think. I don't think it was intentional. I don't think he tried to. I mean, I think he was trying to step over him to get around him. Mason, I think Mason Mount held up his arms a bit, which kind of like got entangled and he accidentally scraped him a bit. I don't think it was intentional. I don't think it would have been, it should have been a red, definitely. I think it should have been, I think Fernandinho should have gotten a red, but for two yellow cards, because he had many, many other challenges on Mason Mount that deserved yellow cards that were stopping counters. He only ended up getting, I think he got one towards the end of the game. But he definitely could have, I think he deserved a yellow card for that. And I think he deserved a yellow card at the start of the game for a few challenges he had. I think he, he was lucky to be on the field past like the first half, even past like the first 20 minutes. But I don't think it was a red. I don't think it was on purpose. But I think even if it wasn't on purpose, I think he still deserved the warning. It definitely a yellow card. Yeah, and, and that's fine, right? I mean, I don't want to be as, as a huge biased Chelsea fan, but I think it is right to at least give him a warning give him a yellow i don't know i i really like because i don't want to comment and be like yep that's a red 100 um you had alex tweeting out you know after or during the match about it um and it got a good amount of likes and um it's funny enough we got 
tagged in an article and our tweet was put in there about like there was a lot of Chelsea fans complaining about it on Twitter. So like funny enough, our uh, Alex's tweet of complete disgust, um, you know, was able to get a little bit mainstream and um, got some, of course, because it was like a complete, I wouldn't say overreaction, but it was a big reaction for those who did not see the tweet. I should at least say the tweet. Um, so Alex said, atrocious refereeing from Mike Dean. Fernandinho shouldn't be on the pitch. Controlled most of the first half, but we have been able, unable to finish our chances. So kind of tied in two, two at once there. But listen, I don't think he, it should have been a red card. Yes, Peter, the double yellow. Um, I agree with that. Uh, I think it's we'll, we'll, we'll go on to the to the other match coming up, and that's the Brighton match. But first, actually, I do have an update that I like to do from time to time on the other uh, the Chelsea woman and the Chelsea academy. For the Chelsea woman, um, they won against London City and basically crushed them. Five uh, 0 was the final score in the women's FA Cup fourth round. I believe Sam Kerr had a hat trick, if I'm not mistaken, and mistaken. And then there. Um, there was a few other goals as well scored in, in that game. Obviously, there was five. So good good job by the Chelsea women. And then they're going to be playing their Super League match versus Man City on Wednesday. And I think over the weekend, if not next week, they're going to be playing in the Chelsea women or the, or the women's um, Champions League. And they're playing Bayern in their semifinals. So both Chelsea teams are in their respected um, Champions League semifinals, which is really cool to see for the entire Chelsea organization. And Chelsea women have been doing amazing in the Women's Super League already. Um, you know, they're in first place in that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they win against uh, the Bayern women in the semifinals of the Champions League. But just a shout out to them for a really good performance in their fourth round of the FA Cup. And then for the Chelsea Academy, they also won a uh, 4-1 against the Tottenham Premier League 2 squad. They sit fifth in the table, one point behind the West Ham PL2 squad, and uh, and they're in fourth, and then two points behind the Leicester City um, squad, PL2 squad, and they're in third. So just wanted to throw that out there, and then you know I'll update once we have a few more games between the Chelsea Women and the Chelsea Academy. But let's move on to this game that most people not everyone was waiting for, and that's the Chelsea versus Brighton game. Actually, you probably wanted to hear our opinions more on the Man City-Chelsea game first, but we'll give you our opinions on this one now. This game is Tuesday, April 20th at 3 p.m. EST, so that's about 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Should have known that, but had to count it out. 8 p.m. for all of you watching in England. Um, we're really excited to preview this matchup because I assume that Chelsea will win this game. Uh, and it's also very good because we are only one point behind West Ham, who's in fourth, and two points behind Leicester City, and they're in third, while uh, Brighton is... F- I, I would say they're facing relegation, but they are in 16th, and they most likely will not be relegated and finish around that 16th, 15th spot, um, battling with Newcastle and Southampton. They have 33 points, while Chelsea has 54 points. So that shows you the difference between how both teams have played this season. For me, I'm going to go with the 3-4-2-1 uh, once again. Edouard Mendy starting in net. We saw Kepa in the cut matches. I think Alex mentioned it last episode uh, that we see Kepa a lot of the times in the cut matches, and that's like what he does while Mendy plays in the uh, Champions League mostly um, and the uh, Premier League. So Mendy will start in net for me. Asby, Zuma, Rudiger on the back line. I think we give Thiago Silva a rest, get him ready for hopefully another match um, coming later that week. And yeah, so that's that's my back line there, Peter. I'll have you go. We we actually 
I thought for a second there that we played a Champions League game, but our next match is on Saturday after the Brighton game on Tuesday against West Ham. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's 3-4-2-1. And as you just mentioned, we do have West Ham next weekend. Uh, I think it's on Saturday. And then after that, we play Real Madrid. So we have two big games back-to-back again, kind of like what we were doing with uh, now. But it's... So it's going to be interesting to um, to go to see his decisions, whether he's going to rest some players or he's going to go full strength 11 and just rotate them if he has enough confidence in his depth that he can rotate them uh, in the bigger games. Not saying this isn't a big game, but it's a game which we're expected to win, which we should be able to rest some of our better players in to save them for both the West Ham and Real Madrid games. So saying that, I think Mendy will be in net. I think Aspi will play no matter what. I think the captain has to stay in there. I think Zumo will definitely give Thiago Silva a rest. Even if he is fit, you want to make sure he's he's fit. Too many, too many fit words. I want to make you want to make sure he's fit for the games upcoming. So Zumo will slide in there for him. And I think we could see Christensen slide in for Rudiger if Christensen is able to play. I don't think he will be, and I don't think Tuga will want to risk him for a game like this for re-injury when he can use him later. So I think Rudiger will stay in there. So I think Rudiger, Zuma, Aspi, Mendy as our defense. And I think across the middle, I think Chilwell and Reese James will both get breaks. They've been playing a lot recently. I think Marcus Alonso will come in for Chilwell and Colin Watson Adore will come in for Reese James. And then the two in the middle, I don't think we'll see Billy Gilmore, even though I would love to see him. I'm a big Billy Gilmore fan, but I don't think we'll see him I think Jorginho, it's interesting. It depends on what Thuka wants to do versus West Ham, in my opinion. I think, assuming Kovacic is healthy and he can come back into the side, one of the two will definitely, Jorginho or Conte will slide out. And I'm making this lineup assuming that Kovacic will be able to play. So one of the two in this lineup are getting taken out. And I think in this case, it's going to be Conte because I think against the West Ham, I think having two players who are more possession-based where they can basically just keep the ball and keep possession is going to be more important than having someone really, really defensive. When West Ham have, they really have their best goal scorers are uh, Jesse Lingard, Mikel Antonio, and uh, Jared Bowen. They really have three. And as in that game, we can push our wingbacks less back further and have two center mids that can kind of hold possession and we can try to dominate the game and hold them to a few chances. So I think Jorginho, I think Jorginho will stay in here and Kovacic will play for Conte. Wait, no, I said that completely wrong. Conte, no, Kovacic will come in for Jorginho and then Conte will stay in so that Jorginho is, has a rest for the game against West Ham. So middle, uh, my middle four is Kyle, uh, <sighs> Left wing back Alonso, uh, then we have Kovacic and Conte, and then we have Kalamut and Adore on the right. I uh, basically completely agree with you, Peter. I have CHO, then Marcus Alonso uh, at my left spot, and then in the midfield. This is where it gets interesting because I don't think Kovacic is returning, and he very well might be, um, but obviously he was on the injured list um, for this game against Man City. I don't see him coming back just yet. So not saying he's going to be playing against West Ham either, but... Maybe he comes on as a sub in this match. I see that as a more realistic scenario. Um, so I actually have Jorginho and Conte staying in at the uh, middle. And then in my front three, I think a few people will get a rest. I think 
Mount is going to start again. We've seen that a lot with Tuchel all the time, basically. So he'll start on the right side. And then I would say on the left side, I think we see Christian Pulisic starting in this match. And I just think it, beca- I think that because I think Kai Havertz will play, um, you know, in, the, in that striker role because I think a few players will get some rest. As much as I wanted to see Olivier Giroud and have put him in my lineup predictions, he just has not started. Um, so if I want to say it again, I feel like it's not going to happen. And Tuchel has this system where he likes to put Kai Havertz, you know, up top. And I think he'll do it again. So um, front three for me, Pulisic, Mount, and then Havertz. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be... I think we'll see at Stryker. They haven't played for a while. I think either Giroud or Tammy Abraham, as a bit of a surprise, could come in here. I think in this decisive stretch of the season, it's going to be hard for Tammy Abraham to find any minutes. So I think this could be one of the few games where he might actually get a chance to play. So, may, I, But I definitely think Giroud or him will be up there because neither of them have played for a while, and I think Tuchel will want to get one of the two of, of them in there just to get some get some game time because I, I especially think Giroud because Giroud could be a very, very, very good sub against Real Madrid or against West Ham if we need a late goal and have him not playing for, I don't know, probably like the last four or five matches doesn't really help his, uh, doesn't really help his game, so... Drew or Abraham up top, and I think I think you stick with Werner and Ziyech as the two other attackers behind them. I think they are they linked up very, very well uh, in this FA Cup match. And I think they also linked up well in the Champions League when they scored in the Champions League against Porto. They or Atletico Madrid, one of the two. I think it was Atletico. Against Atletico, they also partnered very well, had a good run. I think you have to keep them in there. And I'm not saying that they're not going to start against West Ham or Real Madrid, but I'm saying I think I would rather see Mason Mount and Christian Pulisic start both of those games because they are on better form. So I think Werner, Ziyech, and Giroud will be up top. I could definitely see Mason Mount coming in for one of them or Christian Pulisic coming in for one of them. Uh, uh, it really doesn't matter who we put up top because we have so many options and they're all very, very talented that I'm fine with whoever starts wherever. But I think it would be Ziyech, Giroud, or Abraham. And then Werner. And I think this is against a Brighton team who, obviously, as Josh said, are towards the bottom of the table, who aren't very good. But they did play pretty well against Man United last time they played, I believe. I think it was a 2-1 Man United win, but it was close towards the end. I think Man United even came back from being down. So I think it will be a closer game than you might think. But I think it... And it won't end up being close. I think it'll be a good game, but not a good game on the scoreline. I think we'll win 2-0. Nice score prediction, Peter. More positives coming Chelsea's way. And they also, um, speaking of Brighton, their most recent match uh, last Monday played against Everton, ended in a 0-0 draw. So they've been playing some pretty good football, and you're right about the 2-1 win that Man United had, but it was close towards the end. I'm going to stay with you with the positive vibes with Chelsea. Um, Didn't have so much of them over the weekend and going into the game, obviously. And then once we finished the game, I was very happy. So, you know what? I'll I'll keep the happiness about the Chelsea football club and I'll go, I'll go, I'll go one, no win to switch it up because I also don't think we'll score two goals, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully Alex will join us next episode. Like I mentioned already, if you, 
enjoy this episode, we would really appreciate for you to follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Drop a five stars um, in the ratings or write a review. Either one is fine. Really appreciate it. We'll have an episode later in the week previewing this matchup against West Ham on Saturday. It's a big match, especially if we win this one. We would like to stay in the top four, and a win against West Ham would very, very much help us out there. So that'll probably come on Thursday or Friday, I'm guessing, offhand. And, um, you know, can't wait to talk to you soon. Episode 54 of the Talking Blues podcast. That has been a wrap for it. Um, Josh and Peter, we will see you next time. Well, that is not the ending of our recording, and we will see you next time in a little bit. But first of all, we had to talk about the Super League, and also we can confirm now that Leicester City is going to be Chelsea's opponent in the FA Cup final. We were recording during the middle of the match there. Um, We were actually recording the next day here on Monday. We recorded the first part of that on Sunday, and luckily we did not put this episode out this morning because that's what the plan was, and Luckily, we we did not do that. So Alex is able to join us now. Um, so he wasn't able to, you know, last time, but he's able to join us for this discussion, and it's a big one, um, something really big that we wanted to cover, and that is the the Super League. Um, it, it's it's a whole thing right now. Um, obviously, we've lost a manager as well. Um, there's a lot of stuff to cover. So I don't know where you guys want to go first. There, there's a lot of stuff, but you know, for the people who don't know, but I'm sure you already do know listeners because the whole football world definitely knows what is going on right now. But if you don't, or I will just recap what, you know, the, the basis of what's happening right now, 12 of Europe's top clubs announced on Sunday that they were launching a breakaway super league headed by Real Madrid president, uh, Florentino Perez. AC Milan, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Barcelona, um, what is Inter, Juventus, Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, Real Madrid, and Tottenham will uh, have all joined as founding clubs. The statement added, Madrid President Perez said, We will help football at every level and take it to its rightful place in the world. Football is the only global sport in the world with more than 4 billion fans and it's our responsibility as big clubs is to respond to their desires. Although I do not understand why he said their desires because the football fans and including us three, and I know that for sure, obviously Peter and Alex will be able to let you know their takes in a few minutes, but we all don't agree with this. And many football fans and mostly all football fans, this is not our desire. So I don't know where he's, where Perez is getting this from, but as a part of the move, all 12 clubs are expected to re-sign uh, to re-sign from the European Club Association, the body which brings together 246 major clubs with immediate effect. Sources have told ESPN that Arsenal have left with chief executive, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that name, but um, Vin, I guess I will, Vinay Vin Kaitstem. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Alex, you got that? Go ahead, Alex. What's, you, you tell me. Oh, no, I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce his name. But I, I just wanted to point out real quick, all, you know, everything aside with, you know, the Super League, how did Arsenal make their way into this? How did Spurs make their way into this? That's a forever mystery that we're going to have to figure out. 
Um, but that's the first, you know, just to get a little bit of humor in there before we actually start talking about the seriousness of the situation. How the heck did Arsenal get in? Yeah, and, and just one more thing. So this was brought in, the Super League was obviously brought into, you know, and I feel like this has been talked about for a long time now, maybe the past four or five years, not the Super League itself, but creating another league for the top clubs in Europe, in the world. Um, and this is where it starts with these 12 teams. And obviously 15 are expected um, as the final number I is what has been reported. And this is supposed to be replacing the UEFA Champions League. Um, and the thing is, though, obviously UEFA and FIFA does not agree with this. Obviously, for people who don't know, um, UEFA does run most of football and obviously runs the Champions League as it is called fully the UEFA Champions League. Um, and the Super League is made to replace this. Although um, UEFA has come out and said that, you know, these clubs that are joining will not be able to even play in their own leagues, such as the Premier League um, and, and other, you know, if there were any German teams, they would not be able to play in the Bundesliga, Serie A, something like that. Um, there are not any German teams in this, though. And that also... This um, new thing that they implemented, um, UEFA came out today and said that the players on each team will also not be able to participate in any of their um, matches for their national teams. So this is huge news um, because obviously no one's going to want to be banned from the World Cup, but UEFA did come out this morning and say that they confirmed a World Cup ban and Super League players will not be allowed to play for their national teams in the World Cup or the Euros. So... Without further ado, um, I give it to you guys, Alex and Peter, whoever wants to go first, speak on your, you know, your issue. We'll talk about it for a little bit, but I will, I will let you guys take the floor. So where do I start with it? Because there's a lot to talk about and I don't want to talk about a lot because I don't want it to take however long, I don't know, too long, because obviously this is going on the back of a solid length episode, but it's just like... The question is like why but it's not why because everybody knows why and it's because of money and that's the thing it's all about money um it's just it's just not a good idea no one wants it besides the owners and the owners only want it because of money this isn't a thing that benefits anybody nobody wants to, it's not a trying to advance football it's not trying to make football better trying to make soccer better trying to, whatever it's it's just about they can make more money there than they can staying in the Champions League. And no, and I feel bad for the players, because if the players are forced to go through with this, right, they're getting the worst out of anybody. Because, sure, they might get paid more because the clubs get more money. They might get paid 100000 200000 a week more, but they can't represent their countries on any level. Can't play in friendlies, can't play in the World Cup, can't play in the Euros. They might not even be able to play in the Euros this summer if the sanctions against these clubs come in like soon, which just it just ruins it ruins everything that's been built, not only by like the clubs themselves the past however long, it also ruins everything domestic leagues, La Liga, Premier League, Syria, all of them. Everything that gets messed up, European competitions get messed up international competition gets everything it just ruins everything and on a show unless if the sanctions can come in soon it ruins so much of this season right we have the champions league semi-final for the first time in so long and we might get kicked out of it who knows 
who knows what we might get kicked out of the FA Cup final if it, if the sanctions get imposed and we can't play. We might not be able to finish the Premier League season. We might get kicked out of that before that happens. And this we, we're supposed to have a game on Tuesday against Brighton, which is going to be vital for us in the top four race. But it's not important anymore. What's the point of playing that game, right? It doesn't help for Champions League soccer because we're not going to play in that. We're playing in this European Super League where it doesn't matter how well we do in the Premier League. It's it's meant to be a big game and a game on the weekend, which is huge against West Ham. It doesn't matter because it doesn't have any importance at all because if we lose 5-0 and it doesn't matter because we're still playing in this league, this European Super League, instead of the Champions League, we don't need to get top four anymore. We're just automatically in it. Uh, I mean, I guess it's just a terrible, it's just garbage. I could go more into depth, but I also want to let Alex elaborate on some things that I probably missed. But it's just so bad, and it's garbage, and there's still time to fix it, right? You can it, They've announced it, right? But nothing's set in stone. They're still prob- they probably don't have broadcast agreements. Chelsea, Roman Abramovich could still back out because he doesn't need the money, right? He's doing it, or it's been reported that he's doing it to make sure he doesn't get left behind among all these rivals and all these top clubs that are leaving to join this. He could still he could still back out. He could still leave and say, okay, we'll stay in the Premier League. We'll go with these the new Champions League format like Bayern are doing, like PSG are doing, like Bayern Munich are doing. But we'll have to see. This is something that we're just going to have to monitor. But it's just, it takes away, if it takes away anything from this season, if we can't play in the Champions League, the FA Cup, if the Premier League becomes unimportant, what's the point of it, right? It ruins everything. It ruins football. But I've said enough. I probably missed some things, Alex. You can elaborate on it or add some things. So I'm done. Yeah, so basically, I'm not sure if anyone mentioned this, but there's going to be 15 founding clubs and five other teams. So 20 teams in total. Five will be have to qualify on a year-to-year basis. So basically, 15 teams, including Chelsea, will just be permanently in this league. There's no punishment for losing. We could lose every single game and we'll still be there. It brings kind of the the you know the motivation for winning um, out of it. I mean, obviously, there is the winning, the I guess, the league there. But in general, it's just not... I really don't like it either. Uh, Florentino Perez, they were talking about, obviously Josh mentioned there might be banned from the World Cup in Euros, uh, the players who participate in this. Um, He's quoted for saying, if the players participating in the European Super League are banned from playing the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, we'll create our own World Cup tournament. It's not a big deal. So I don't know how that would work, right? Because from this, what this is doing, right, basically, is it's excluding the small clubs, right? So if he were to create his own World Cup, would he exclude all the small countries, which are part of the reason why the World Cup is so great, right? Um, you know, small countries coming up against big countries, and obviously some give, you know, some teams an upset. So I don't really know, like, what's the deal with that? I don't like how Chelsea, you know, just ran right into it. I mean, the money is great for a lot of teams. Don't think it's an issue for Chelsea. Um, and I'm just kind of confused that, why we needed to do this it's disappointing it's you know it was funny I was you know reading something yesterday uh you know there's lots of rumors and like things you know people talk about who's the best player of all time right and many people say uh, you know at least from our generation it's Messi and Ronaldo right and the reason we don't say it's Pele um or or Maradona is because we say 
they didn't do it at this highest level that Messi and Ronaldo did. They never won a Champions League. They never competed in this competition or any of these tough competitions. Well, 30 years from now, they're going to say, Messi and Ronaldo didn't win the Super League. They're not good enough. So it's just, they, they never proved themselves at the top stage. So it's just, uh, it, that was just a funny uh, thing for me. But in general, I mean, it's greed, it's money. It's, it's not good for the game. I'm not as furious as some other people. I've expected this to happen for some time now. Um, you know, in the premise of the idea is not terrible, but I, I, I like how they're doing it in a league format, right? I, I do like that. I enjoy the fact that, you know, the, the way they're structuring it. I just don't like how there's teams that are permanently there. You can't earn your way to the top. And it's also not something that's like, it, you can't like go along with it. It's not like a, you know, with the Premier League, you can't participate in the Premier League and also in this, you know, Super League. So that also kind of annoys me. So I wish in, this kind of just replaced the Champions League and not the Premier League, if if that, that would be my ideal scenario. But I also don't like that Florentino Perez is running it. What kind of message does it send? He is the, uh, you know, the chairman of Real Madrid, but he also runs the league? That's a little weird. Conflict of interest much? I mean, it's a little bit weird. Uh, that this guy can just run the, he can be, you know, one of the uh, the owners of a team that's competing in the league as well as having full control over the league. There's a lot of fishiness here. You know, I, I don't know. I don't like it. Obviously, they're getting a whole big deal from JP Morgan, right? Uh, I believe it's $4 billion. They're getting a loan to start the league. So there's tons of money. Each team's going to get about $400 million. So, I mean, it makes sense for a lot of teams that need the money. Chelsea obviously spent a lot of money and they are trying to raise funds. So that could be part of it. It's just disappointing. I'm hoping something will happen. But at this moment, if I were to give my best guess after, you know, all what happened last night before this, when it just first got announced, I thought, yeah, it probably won't happen. But it's looking more and more likely. And, you know, it's just not good for the game. And I'm just really disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, so a few things I want to go after, and it, you guys already mentioned it. I think Peter Bainley touched on it, though, was the the non-competition, the no point of being able to compete for the top spots and what you're going to earn, the Europa League, the Champions League with La Liga and Serie A and the Premier League, like you said, Peter, with West Ham. They're not competing for anything because now they're a small club. Um, and a lot of people have used Leicester City as an example, right? They were able to build up from where they were win the win the Premier League. Um, and recently I've played to their full potential, obviously now sitting in one of the top four spots. But now what do they have? What does West Ham have to play for? Because they're a club that does not have as much money and are not as fortunate as a Tottenham, a Chelsea, and an Arsenal just because those are the those are the teams and Man City, obviously. Um you know, they, they don't have as much money, as much resources to join the Super League. So they're not even competing for anything at this point to, to finish in that top four space. And then you have also these teams. You had Lyon that finished in the semifinals last year for the Champions League. You had Porto, who made it to the quarterfinals this year uh, and faced Chelsea in the, in the quarterfinals. You had Dortmund, who played. And you have a, a team in PSG, who a lot of people are talking about it. They're not even in this Super League. Uh, and that's because I believe it is there's not enough competition um, in in France. Is that is that the deal? Um, like there's not enough higher amounts of competition in France, so PSG can't join. This is this is stupidity. 
it's managers or not managers. It's mostly the owners. It's the owners of these clubs that just want more money and don't care about what the fans and what the players want. They just want to boost what's in their pockets. And that shows it from what the Real Madrid owner said with the statement that I read saying, oh, we want to benefit the fans. No one asked for this. There were no fans that asked for this to happen. I had some quotes from Thomas Tuchel pulled up about it, but Alex has something to say, so go ahead. I think what some people do forget is football is a business, right? As much as it's a sport, it's also a business. So these owners are trying to make money, right? They're not trying to lose money. So when an opportunity comes to get $400 million in your pocket and a chance to get huge publicity, you know, a chance to be competing against only top teams where their TV numbers will be better, their stadium numbers will be better when obviously, uh, you know, fans come back into the stadiums, bigger games every week, it it makes sense for them business-wise, right? So as much as, you know, we can hate them for saying that it's, it's a business, right? This, this game is a business. So as much as it's infuriating, you also have to look at it from that sense that these people, as rich as they are, are trying to make more money. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's infuriating. Don't get me wrong, but you have to, you know, remember that these people, they don't actually care about the fans or at least a lot of these bigger owners, right? Roman Abramovich doesn't give a damn about us, right? Um, you know, as much as I love Chelsea, I know that for a fact. And, you know, I just accept that. But I know there's other people who do care. So, uh, you know, there you just have to keep that in mind also. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go to the, the quotes that I have pulled up from Thomas Tuchel. Um, and here's what he said about it. I think he was one of the first, if not the first, uh, manager so yeah, so it was announced on Sunday evening and Tuchel was the first manager to take to talk to the media following the announcement and he confirmed that he found out about the new competition on the same day. Speaking to the media on Monday morning, he said, I've known about it since yesterday, but I'm here to be in the hardest competition. That is why I came here. This is what I love to play in the hardest competitions in Europe. That's what I am at Chelsea. Um, as you know, I do not get involved. I do not get too involved with the subjects around us. I am a bit sad that the subjects are there now, as I was hoping to talk about the Man City game or, more importantly, the Brighton game. This is clearly not the case, but as you know, I am a part of this club. I trust my club to make the right decisions. I think it is just too urge early, excuse me, to uh, judge everything, and it is not my part. So, uh, Thomas Tuchel, manager of Chelsea, first manager to speak out. Um, you know, first manager from the Super League to speak out about this issue, um, or as he puts it, you know, top European competition that he wants to compete in. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I understand what Tuchel's going through. Obviously, there's nothing that he can say in this situation that possibly could have a negative impact on Chelsea um, because he's not going to go against what Roman wants because then, you know, he'll go against the team and then that'll be a whole thing. So he can't really say anything um, too bad about what's going on. If not, he's got to praise it. Basically he's got to either praise it or not speak about it. And he kind of did both of that. He praised that it's one of the highest European competitions and that's what he's wanted. uh, That's what he wanted to do and play in while also not basically speaking about it that much because he, he was very bland about his answer and that's what you're supposed to do. And that's what managers are taught to do. Um, there were also rumors that Chelsea was pushing to the corner, right? We weren't one of the founding teams um, with Juventus and, you know, Real Madrid and Man United are like the three teams that kind of came together to make this. Chelsea were kind of put into a corner. I think they were one of the last teams to sign her. This is what I'm hearing. 
Um, we were not one of the founding teams that were like, yep, we're going to do the Super League. Obviously, they saw Tottenham, they saw Arsenal, they saw Manchester United, Manchester City all, you know, joining together to do this. Um, and then obviously, we're probably thinking, you know, we are one of the top clubs and they were asked to sign it. And then they ha- obviously made the decision and Liverpool as well um, as one of the other teams I just saw um, in the Premier League. And I and they went and signed it. But listen, Chelsea could have made the decision. I know it would be very hard and they could feel like they're losing out on a lot of money. They definitely could have made the, the decision to not sign it, whether they were pushing to a corner or not. Um, it was up to, you know, the owners and, and the people on the Chelsea board. And they ended up signing it, whether they wanted to or not. So... That's the thing. Whether they were pushed into a corner and there were the other four or five Premier League teams that wanted to do it. But it's just that we're we're very much stuck right now in this situation. Obviously, people are saying to deduct points from these teams. They're saying to kick them out of competitions, like Peter was saying earlier. You know, Chelsea could be out of the Champions League, for all we know. Um, but it, we're in a really bad situation, as well as the whole of the European teams right now that are in these top competitions. And I think, I mean, even the teams that are in like the championship, right? They're getting promoted to the Premier League for what? Like, why would they be excited now to go to the Premier League? They're not winning any. I mean, they, I, I guess for the idea that it is a top tier football, but now it won't be because now there's a Super League. That's supposed to be a weekly competition, but it's not like the Champions League where you're fighting for a title. It's just another league. And now maybe it'll get kicked out of the period. It's it's a whole thing now. So um, I guess, you know, we did talk about it. We'll be able to talk about it in future episodes. So I don't want to have this episode go too long because obviously we had our Man City recap and Brighton, Brighton uh, preview, which, you know, that's still happening at least tomorrow. We know that. So that's a good thing. Um, but I guess just, just to get your guys' closing thoughts and then we can wrap this up for, um, for everyone listening. I mean, I think all of us together have basically touched on everything and have summed it up well. It's just, it's not a good thing. No one asked for it. It's just for money. It ruins everything about the game that everybody likes. No fans want it. It's just a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. But all the teams, every single club, can still, get, they can still back out of this. They can still say, okay, we're seeing that there's this backlash. We're seeing that nobody wants this. We can still go back and just, like the Champions League chairman has said, that they're not kicked out permanently. They're only kicked out if they do this league. They can still join back. They can still back out of it. And they can fix everything. But they won't because they're greedy. But you never know. We have to hope that they have any any kind of common sense and aren't completely blinded by greed and that they fix everything that they've messed up. But they probably won't, which means they're going to have to deal with it. But we move. Yeah, I mean, hopefully something changes, but I really doubt it. I mean, it's difficult, right? Because I know people are talking about they're not going to support their clubs anymore if they do this. You know, as much as I hate what the Chelsea is doing, I don't think I could ever stop supporting Chelsea. They're my team. Uh, And, you know, it's hard for me to do that. I mean, it's really sad that they're doing this. Hopefully, you know, something changes. But it looks like their, you know, war has been uh, war has been set between UEFA slash FIFA. Uh, and I guess the Super League and Florentino Perez and all the founding members. All sorts of craziness is going to be happening soon. I'm sure there's going to be news, uh, you know, for the next episode. Obviously, FIFA and UEFA, they've been threatening retaliation. Are they actually going to do anything? That'll probably come the next few days if they are going to do something. Uh, So we'll definitely be able to cover that next episode. 
Um, but yeah, that's all I have for now. So I'll send it back to Josh. Yeah. And one more thing I did mention it right in the beginning here. Um, we do have a man. We do slash. We did have a manager because this happened a few hours ago. Uh, that was sacked. And that was Jose Mourinho of Tottenham um, has been sacked. Some people saying it was inevitable, you know, obviously was not performing at the levels of Tottenham and I'm sure their board wanted him to and, and Tottenham to be performing at. Um, obviously, this comes when Harry Kane has sustained an injury, um, and this comes right after the Super League has happened, and a lot of people are saying um, it's, you know, respect for, for Mourinho uh, because apparently people think that he opposed the Super League plan. Listen, whatever it is, um, you know, just wanted to touch on it because since I did say we did have a manager that uh, was sacked and I wanted to make sure that we covered uh, that Jose Mourinho has been sacked by Tottenham. Whether it was for Tottenham's performance, whether it was for the Super League, that remains to be you know seen or heard of. Um, but it would be kind of cool if he did uh, you know get sacked because he opposed the Super League. But it's all rumors at this point. We did mention this earlier, but sorry about the longer episode. We had a lot to cover. Follow us and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Follow our other podcast, The Giant Take Pod. We'd really appreciate it. Subscribe to this podcast, five stars rating and review, and we will see you later this week where we talk more Super League, recap the Brighton match, and we have another match to preview West Ham over the weekend, which, like Peter said, will most likely mean nothing. We're covering it anyway. (laughs) We will see you for another episode later this week. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.